Hey there, everybody. Welcome to Up All Night, an Are You Afraid of the Dark podcast. My name is Cortland, and with me is a secret old man, Brandon. How you doing, Brandon? I'm doing good, Cortland. Awesome, man. <laughs> uh, so, Brandon and I just got done watching episode 8 of Are You Afraid of the Dark, the tale of the nightly neighbors. Is it episode 8 already? I know it is. <laughs> We've been, this is our two-month podcast anniversary. How exciting is that? I didn't even get you anything. <laughs> so many anniversaries. So many. We're going to have so many by the time that we're finally done with this fucking show. <laughs> <laughs> but before we discuss this episode, I haven't talked to you in a whole week, Brandon. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Thank you. That's good. Did you do anything exciting this week? Exciting? No. No. But me neither. I did see the movie Detective Pikachu. Oh, yeah. How was that? I haven't seen it yet. It's okay. We opted to go see Endgame instead. I'm sure that was a... Uh... The right choice. I didn't dislike Detective Pikachu, but well, that's good. It was a weird movie. Was it? You would think that the movie would be pretty geared towards children, but I think kids would be bored watching this movie. That's interesting. Yeah, and it was kind of dark. It's like a dark detective crime movie, but with Pikachu in it. That's cool. <laughs> So I mean, maybe. Yeah. Did it spark that nostalgic joy that we as as millennials get on pretty much everything nowadays? Certain parts. I checked out of the Pokemon franchise after maybe like the third generation. And yeah, there's a lot of yeah. Pokemon in this movie that I just don't recognize. But when I see one of the original 151 or whatever, I'm like, oh, that's cool. That's good. You know what? Um, that didn't make you want to go and like buy some Pokemon cards and play Pokemon cards with, I don't know, a dingo in Australia? No. That's good. I bet you that... Uh, you know what? I was at Best Buy yesterday um, because today is my fifth wedding anniversary. and uh, It's the Best Buy anniversary? I was getting a, a present real quick. I, I decided to pick up um, Pokemon Let's Go Eevee. Well, that way my wife and my son and I can all play it together, which we did last night, and it was uh, interesting. But um, I've seen that the Detective Pikachu is now like a playing card, you know, from the the yeah cra- trading card game. And I was just like, man, they are just hoping that people will... It's like when Pokemon Go came out. They're hoping that people will just like have those fucking rose-tinted glasses on, and they're going to want to... Oh, remember we had Pokemon cards? Let's go buy a pack and play, you know? They gave out those cards at the movies. They also give out cards in, like, Happy Meals, too, when they have Pokemon-themed Happy Meals. Cards for everyone. Everybody loves cards. They Okay, so as a kid, you know, I had the Pokemon trading cards. And you did, too, I remember, for a little bit. Yeah. And you know how holographic and shinies and foils or whatever they called were so, like, exciting to have? Mm-hmm. My son got um a shiny fucking Cubone in his Happy Meal, and I was like, "This is what what they've degraded down to." Like, <laughs> <laughs> the shinies were supposed to be for like fully evolved Charizard and Blastoise and stuff, and now you're just gonna slap it on any old Cubone. <laughs> like, what? You just get a Bidoof with a <laughs> pack of chicken nuggets. <laughs> yeah. A shiny Bidoofus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so today's my uh, 
wife and I's fifth anniversary, and she's home because she took the day off from work because we're gonna go, um, we're gonna go to a comic convention later later today and oh, tomorrow. Cool. And um, I know, except I banished her into our bedroom so that she doesn't <laughs> she just doesn't ruin the podcast. <laughs> so That's happy how anniversary! She wants to spend her anniversary. I'm sure. I know, secluded in in our bedroom. <laughs> Writing uh, help me on the walls backwards. <laughs> I know, being tempted into a mirror <laughs> with a beautiful stuffed animal collection. <laughs> uh, I know, I'm like, you go be a zeb in our room right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking forward to the comic convention, though. It should be fun. Yeah, that sounds really fun. All right, so let's get into this episode. Yeah. The Tale of the Nightly Neighbors. Um. I thought this episode was pretty good, actually. I, I liked it. I had a good time with it. I didn't hate it. I feel like I say that with just about every episode. No, that's okay. I, have, that's okay. I haven't had one in a while that I was like, yeah, I really liked it. Yeah. It's, it's been like, they're okay. This is probably the same for me, too. It's like, it wasn't a chore to watch. It was enjoyable. And that's about it. Like, I wouldn't say... It was my favorite, and I wouldn't say it was my least favorite. It was middle of the road, I'd say. Yeah, I wanted to see what happened next. Yeah, me too. Even, even though I had a pretty good idea what, of what was going to happen. I, I liked yeah. the twist at the end, though. I thought it was it was cool. Um, so let's get in here. The episode starts with Kristen, and she says, "Why do we always tell scary stories at night? I mean, if they're scary." They should be just as scary during the day, right? And then Gary replies to her saying, well, no way. Things are always scarier at night. And then Kristen, who just apparently has no some, no survival instincts whatsoever, asks why. And David says, well, because you can't see anything at night. And then Kiki creeps up behind David and grabs him and says, yeah, some ghouls could sneak up on you in the dark and you wouldn't know it until it's too late. And then she laughs and Eric laughs as well. And then Frank says, cut that shit out, and let's get on with the story. Who's going tonight? And unfortunately, you were wrong here, Brandon. It was Betty Ann who's telling the story. I know. Even like, when the hell is Eric supposed to tell one? I'm happy because Betty Ann was, is my favorite. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I was happy that it was Betty Ann, too. But it's like, statistically, it should be Eric. But nope. Uh, Eric gets upset about Betty Ann telling the story because he says that Betty Ann... Always tells the same kind of story. They're kind of gross, but uh, everybody always lives happily ever after, which is so boring. Like, what the hell is he talking about? I don't know. The one story we've gotten from her so far wasn't kind of gross. No. At all. Well, the pudding on the floor. That's gross. That wasn't gross. It was a, well, I mean, it was a he gross on it. waste of food. Yes. <laughs> Fra- uh, and- Eric doesn't like seeing pudding on the ground. And most of the stories that they've told have happy endings. Yeah, you're right. So why the fuck is he going after Betty Ann? I don't know, but I like the payoff for it. I thought it was funny. So Frank says that Eric is also boring and gross. And you know what? I think we can all agree on that one, Frank. Kiki uh, giggles about it. And then Betty Ann begins her monologue where she says that things are scarier at night, especially in my story. Uh, you can be scared during the day, but don't bother because the real terror doesn't begin until nightfall. 
she says her submitted for the approval bit um to the midnight society and then she and then she says except for you eric (laughs) yeah fuck eric i know and then she throws the monkey bone powder into the fire and the tale of the nightly neighbors officially begins yeah i like that i like how she was like and submitted for the approval except for you eric fuck you (laughs) (laughs) i don't care about your approval <laughs> you stupid bitch. Yeah, fucking die, Eric. So, is everybody just hating on everybody else's stories now? Um, cuz first it was yeah. Gary's stories are boring, and now yeah. Betty Ann's stories are boring. Yeah. Except for Kristen whose actual story was boring yeah. and nobody said a fucking thing about it. And Kristen was the one who was like your stories are boring and Kristen's story <laughs> was the worst. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And Betty Ann was the only one to stick up for Gary when everyone was trying to mutiny. Yep. So I guess boring storytellers stick together. Yeah. And Gary didn't even stick up for Betty Ann when when Eric was shit talking her stories. No. Nope. He's like, yeah, your stories are boring. <laughs> yeah. He's like, I'm on Eric's side with this one, folks. Yep. Shit stories. <laughs> I don't Meanwhile, know. Meanwhile, Kristen's just like, what's a scary? <laughs> what is it? What is fear? What is horror? <laughs> Why am I in this club? Is it scary people walking slowly saying Mon Petit Rouge? Why does the Midnight Society always meet at midnight? <laughs> um, I don't know. I think that this is just like the most compelling um thing that the writers could think of for the kids to have like conflict in is that their stories are boring. I mean, I guess what else is there, right? I mean, the sexual harassment could be brought up again. <laughs> yeah, Eric's fucking slipping shit in people's yogurt, and <laughs> fucking Gary's looking at Kristen's boobs the whole time. Which she could be, we don't know. Yeah, we don't know what's going on while Betty Ann's blabbering on about <laughs> vampires. <laughs> hey, spoilers. <laughs> I mean, come on. What else What else could this fucking episode, Nightly Neighbors, hmm, what could it be? I don't know. What did I guess it was about? You guessed it was, I think that you guessed it was like werewolves and Frankenstein monsters. and Oh, uh, like, yeah, Frankensteins like, and shit. I think it was like I the remember. neighbors were doing the monster mash. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> the tale starts with a clip from the original Night of the Living Dead, which I thought was Freaking, I thought that was pretty cool. I like yeah, it. that is cool. So already I'm excited to watch this episode because, I mean, I already knew what it was. I know it's it's vampires. It's nightly neighbor. It's vampires. But I was like, oh, maybe it maybe it'll be zombies. <laughs> I wonder, is there a zombie one? Don't tell me. But I is don't there know. One? I don't remember. I don't know. It's kind of like there are ones that they don't outwardly call them zombies. I think, but they are maybe. I don't remember. Ghouls. I couldn't tell you. I remember growing up watching this show, and I didn't get my love of zombies until Resident Evil, so probably not. I mean, was Giles or whatever his name was in Hungry Hounds a zombie, or was he just a ghost? I would say he was a ghost. There's a lot of ghosts. <laughs> yeah. But I guess we'll find out together, though, because I can't really remember, and if I did see them i didn't associate them with zombies at the time because i probably didn't know what zombies were so you know there might be zombies 
Um, so yeah, this movie, this episode starts out with uh, Night of Living Dead, which it shows real footage from the the show. It's the part at the beginning where the first zombie is like grabbing a rock and smashing it on the window, trying to get to Barbara. It's it's pretty cool. Um, and some dopey looking kid is eating some fucking popcorn, watching the movie. He's just mowing down that popcorn. He's just eating that shit up. Yeah, he's loving it. He hopes it doesn't end up all on the floor. That's what I hope every time I see people eat food in a TV show or a movie is I'm like, just don't drop it on the floor, please. And at least 75% of the time it happens every time. So he's eating this popcorn up and um, there's this hand that's like reaching out from behind him. And then the hand grabs him and yells boo. And of course the kid throws the popcorn all up in the air. And it kind of reminded me of Blank Check. When Preston gets the money and he throws it in the air and it falls down on him and he's like, money! That famous scene. Everybody that listens to this podcast is going to be like, oh yeah, now I can envision this. It's just like in Blank Check. We should do a Blank Check podcast. Yeah. Yep. (laughs) We should. (laughs) Well, it's settled then. That's what we're doing next. So this girl's like, oh, sorry, did I scare you? And then she walks over and she turns the TV off on him, which is like, what? Why'd you do that? He was watching. The, he was. It was just the beginning of the movie. He had this big old bowl of popcorn, and he just turned his fucking entertainment off. Why? Why did she do that? Cause she sucks. Mm-hmm. She tells the boy if he sits in front of the TV all day, he's going to turn into dad. So, um, you know, at this point we realize they're brother and sister, and um. The boy says in response that then he could send her to her room forever. Okay. <laughs> like if he turned into their dad. I don't know. It was stupid. Well, that's what their dad does, I guess. <laughs> their, their dad's just abusive and sits in front we'll of the TV. We'll never know because he's never around. <laughs> never in, I know. They just didn't have the budget to give to get a father figure. So after that uh, threat from the little brother, Big Seaster... She grabs his bowl of popcorn and the rest of it just dumps it all over his head and calls him a zero and that he'll always be a zero. And I thought that was a little mean, but, uh, what the hell did he do to her? Like he's just sitting and watching a movie. He wasn't like being an annoying little brother going and annoying her or whatever. He's just trying to do it his own life. (laughs) And she talks about how like she you know, she's out there living life and yeah. whatever because she's not watching TV. Like She's not really? going to sit around like a toad all day. You go around and turn off TVs? That's your life? Yeah. That's your life goal? That's your bucket list? <laughs> it's to ruin somebody's first viewing of Night of the Living Dead. Well, we don't know if that's his favorite movie. He watches it every night. That's true, I suppose. So she tells him there's a big, big fabulous world out there and she's just ready to explore it. And then <laughs> she calls him by his name. <laughs> oh, here we and go. This, this kid's name, the boy kid's name, is Day Day. <laughs> God damn it. I know. It's not Night Every night. It's Day single day. episode. <laughs> I know. Somebody's name. I'm, I like have to stop it, go back, and be like, that isn't their name. Every episode. It's not like, I was thinking maybe, oh, that's his nickname. For something like maybe like Dayton. Or I don't know what what name would start with day, but no, everybody calls him day day throughout the everyone, whole episode. Everyone. This kid's name is just day day. 
It's not night night. It's day day. It's just I can't handle these names. Is this what names are like in Canada? I don't know. I'm going to look up a list of the most popular names in Canada. Well, make sure it's from the 1990s. Okay, in 1990, number one, Ouija. <laughs> number two, Weeds. Yes. Number three, Day Day. God, they got all the hits here. <laughs> it did. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. It's always the boy characters that are have the stupid names, too. Because, I mean, we don't find out till later, but the, the sister's name is Emma, which is a fairly... I don't know if it was normal back then, but it's a very, very common name today. Well, and it's not Day-Day. It's not Day-Day. No, it's, it's just Emma. I don't know what they're thinking. I don't know who comes up with these names. I mean, I guess we can blame it on Betty Ann, but we've, we all know that it wasn't her. It was the producers. I don't know what they were thinking. This is so unrelatable. Nobody. He's going to go to Disney World eventually, and he's going to be like, huh, no Day-Day mugs? <laughs> where's the day-day license plate that i can buy for myself and i can relate to that my son is also named day-day <laughs> i can totally relate to that because i will never ever find like the coke that has share coke with Cortland. that's never gonna happen unless i order it myself like sure i, I feel like i might have a better luck finding a share coke with day-day <laughs> <laughs> all right so then the sister, um, should I call her Emma now or just wait until her name drop happens? The cat's out of the bag. Her name's Emma. All right, we'll just go with Emma. Because <laughs> I just had a bunch of, like, Troll 2 jokes of Big Seaster and... She she did remind me of the sister from Troll 2. She did for me, too. I thought that as soon as I seen her. So the thing that I like about this episode, kind of skipping ahead a little bit, is that these kids are fucking stupid. And I just think it's an enjoyable endeavor to watch them <laughs> like fumble, bumble around. around this episode. These yes. fumbling fibbers. Yes. That's, my, that's what I liked about this episode is that these characters, uh, these heroes of the story are stupid. Yeah. So Emma goes up to her window and she just starts spying on her neighbors, which are moving in right now. And this is nighttime. They're just moving in. Mm-hmm. Uh, Day Day's brushing off his popcorn off his shoulders and he gets up and he says hey new neighbors moving in at night and i'm like god this, these kids are the probably the most buzz like kids that we've gotten since buzz but they're better than buzz everybody's better than buzz and his parents tell them that every day <laughs> like good night children be better than buzz bye <laughs> So a day day gets up, but he's still got this fucking popcorn bowl on his head, and he keeps that that keeps that popcorn bowl on his head for for like the next two or three scenes. Just the thought of the butter in my hair. I, I know. That's what I make thought. Make my too. skin crawl. Just the grease. Ugh. Ugh. He walks over to the window to spy on the neighbors as well, and asks what's up with their black clothes because they're all in black. There's three. The neighbors. There's there's a mom, a dad, and a son, and they're all in black. Is that clothes. really that odd that they're wearing black clothes? Um, like, blacks. A I don't thing know. people wear. It's a very stylish color. It is, and you know what? These guys look pretty cool when they're wearing it too. They look better than fucking Day Day. Yeah, Day Day look, and Emma. They both look stupid. Day Day's wearing like a giant t-shirt that he's swimming in yes yes <laughs> i know he looks <laughs> it's like six t- sizes too big for him <laughs> and emma's of course got hers 
tucked into her slacks. I think. Doesn't she? I think she does. I don't know. I don't remember. I don't remember. Who cares? So they're looking out and um, he's wondering why they're in black clothes. He thinks it's weird. Uh, but Emma thinks that it looks cool that maybe they're artists or foreign diplomats. Mm-hmm. That is the first thing you would think. <laughs> right. Yeah. He thinks that uh, they got dressed in a dark closet and that it's stupid. Uh, then, then the neighbors do this like slow turn and look at the kids because of course they do. What else would they fucking do? You know, it's a scary show. Yeah. And the kids see that and they're just, they just say, whoa. And then they, they duck down. Yeah. They freak the and... fuck out. They're like, oh shit. Oh, they looked at us. <laughs> they seen us. They We're... saw that we have neighbors. <laughs> Now they're not going to think this house is abandoned. They're going to think that we're interested in their lives. That's what I'd be scared of. They're going to think we live here. (laughs) In this day and age, I couldn't give two shits less about my neighbors. So if they caught me staring at them through my blinds, I'd be like, fuck, now they're going to want to talk to me. (laughs) (laughs) So after they duck down, Day Day finally takes that bowl of buttered bowl off of his head. And Day-Day's like, tell me that wasn't creepy. I think I'm going to avoid our new neighbors. Which they do not. They do not avoid their new neighbors. Not so why did he say bit. that? The next scene, they are going over to the neighbor's house. <laughs> <laughs> it's like not even ten hours later. <laughs> it's like the next morning. <laughs> but for now, <laughs> the part that I thought was funny is that you are the one spying on them. Which I think is arguably much creepier than them looking at your house. I don't think it's arguable at all. I think it is. <laughs> it, it is. <laughs> this They're is what simply old existing do. in their yard and looking around. <laughs> <laughs> They're just <laughs> looking across the street. <laughs> they probably weren't even looking at you. You guys are sitting there and just spying on them. Looking at them through a sniper scope, like, oh, they're <laughs> creepy. Uh, then the sister peeks back out at the new the new neighbors as they walk into their house. And the next scene, like I said, it's daytime and they are like harassing this overweight dude with a sweet mustache. He's using a dolly to move a big old box and they ambush him and they just start asking him questions if he needs help. And they're wondering what's in the damn box. And the guy's like, I don't know what it is. But it's heavy. Yeah, seriously, go away, kids. <laughs> yeah, so, I've got, got this job to do. <laughs> he's got a job. He's carrying this heavy ass box. He doesn't know what's in it. You kids shouldn't even be asking this anyway. It's none of your fucking business. <sighs> the the kids ask the guy what the name of their neighbors are, um, because they want to say hello and introduce themselves. And he tells them that they are Mister and Missus Braun. And then shows the kids their past address, which um, is, I don't think he should be doing that. <laughs> no, none of this. It sounds like. That is none of their business. No, it's and you very... shouldn't just volunteer your customer's information. <laughs> two, two, two random kids. <laughs> oh, this is weird. Look at this, his bank details. <laughs> I thought it was going to be like his signature and like his like past address and just everything about his life and it was no. like why are you doing this no here's her diary oh here's his, weird kids his social security number here kids <laughs> write this one down oh look at his will that's weird 
Here's a line where you can write in that you're the beneficiaries. Hmm. <laughs> Hope this place house doesn't burn down while they're sleeping. So it just seems like something that this guy shouldn't be doing. Uh, but what do I know? Because I don't deliver packages, you know? Yeah, it might just be part of the game. So it turns out that the new neighbors come from Ukraine, to which Day-Day asks if that's near Disney World. And Emma's like, no, you dip. It's near Russia. The fat mover dude then tells the kids that in the boxes are refrigerators which come on just give these people some fucking privacy i don't what are you doing seriously it's ridiculous so if i was moving and my movers were just like well here's what's in this box i'd be like you're fired (laughs) yeah i know Uh, this is it's just this priceless collection of like antique nickels Uh, no big deal just gonna leave it in the driveway see you kids (laughs) don't steal this box is just bras and underwear (laughs) yeah Because the dude, he rings the doorbell, and then he just leaves the shit in their driveway. Two gigantic refrigerators just chilling in their driveway, and he just walks away. The kids are like, what What are you doing? And he says that the orders tell him that if they aren't home, to just leave two incredibly heavy refrigerators just in the driveway. And then, without a second thought, he just walks away. This, guy, this guy's the worst at his job. He does what it says on the paper. Yeah. Like it tells, it didn't say anything about not giving away, you know, classified information to children, but he's going to listen to it when it says just leave everything in the driveway. If it means less work for him, yeah. <laughs> so Day Day and, and its big sister, aka Emma, noticed that the neighbor's car is in the garage, so they got to be home. Why didn't they answer the door? And I'm just they like, calm be. down, kids. There's right, no yeah. such thing they, as going out for a walk. Or, or having, having two, a cars. Yeah. two cars. Two cars. I, I wouldn't have even thought of that. <laughs> I mean, I guess it is a one-car garage, but still. Come, come on. They have to be home. <laughs> they did leave their garage door open, too, so I don't know. That's a sign of being home, I guess. But I'm just like, calm the fuck down, kids. You don't even... You haven't even thought of them being, like, vampires at all yet, so just shut the fuck up. Well, they wear black clothes. It's weird. Yeah, I'm just like, give these people some fucking privacy, Jesus. So Emma goes on and on about how maybe the neighbors have their secret identities uh, after the collapse of Soviet Russia, or perhaps they're gypsies searching for a new home. And as they walk back to their their house, their mother is just running out of the house exclaiming that she's late, right? Yes. She walks walks backwards and into this postal guy uh, who drops all of his mail everywhere. He just flings it in the air. And she says, oh, I'm sorry. I'm late. Bye. <laughs> yeah. That's my favorite part of the episode. I think it's mine, too. Just she... They get home. She runs out, tackles this mailman. <laughs> just yelling she's late. Like, yeah. that excuses ex- everything. That's an excuse, yeah. She uppercuts this mailman. <laughs> hey, I'm late. Fuck you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then she leaves her kids to have to clean up her mess. She, she like Terry Tate fucking body slams this mailman. <laughs> and then just zooms out of there because she's late and that and she's just so entitled <laughs> that her problems are more much more important and than this. And this mailman is old and frail. Yeah. This is a skeleton in a postal <laughs> Yeah, he should drop kicks him. 
<laughs> he should have retired like 30 years ago, but he's still like with a cane, like tip tapping away, taking one step every minute <laughs> to get to the to get to people's houses to deliver this mail. Uh, so yeah, the kids are forced to clean up this mess, and the mailman is like, "No biggie, kids. I know how she feels." <sighs> what? Like she just validated her excuse of being late as an acceptable, like, yeah. apology for knocking an old man on the ground. I punch people all the time delivering my mail. <laughs> when I'm late, I just fucking ram people with my cars and everything. <laughs> He just drives down the sidewalk like I'm late. I'm late. I'm late. I'm late. It just <laughs> I'm late. <laughs> Sorry, I'm late. Hey there, everybody. Cortland here, your best buddy and your new neighbor. Thank you so much for taking a listen to our eighth episode covering the tale of the Nightly Neighbors. We had so much fun recording this episode, and I hope you all have just as much fun listening to it. If you haven't done it yet, be sure to follow us on our social media accounts. We post pictures and GIFs of the episodes on Instagram, which are always hilarious and will help visualize everything. A nice refresher for those that have seen it, or an introduction for the newbies. Our Instagram account is at Private Island Presents. You can always tweet us or DM us on Twitter at PRVT Island. The season one finale episode is coming up real quick for us. Brandon and I will be recording it on June 28th, and we would love to answer any questions that you might have. We've gotten a few already, and we would be so happy to just get some more. If you have any questions for Brandon or me um, about Are You Afraid of the Dark, the podcast, our editing process, or maybe if you'd just like to let us know what your favorite episode is, then go ahead and get at us on Twitter, Instagram, or email us at privateislandpresents at gmail.com. I'd also like to let you know about an exciting new Discord server that I'm a part of. It's the Support Indie Podcast server, and there's a ton of people on there. So whether you're a fan of listening to podcasts and you're looking for something new to listen to, or a podcast creator yourself, you should totally check it out. There are a bunch of great and exciting indie podcast creators out there making shows like uh, Girl in Space, The Palaver Project, Grey for Crows, Ninth World Journal, Color Theory... Uh, podcast junkie and just so much more i'll leave a link in the episode description so be sure to check it out as always a special thanks to all hail the badger for his work on the music for our show and brandon for his artwork for now i'll let you get back to the episode and i'll talk to you guys on june 18th for the tale of the sorcerer's apprentice bye everybody So this mailman, he seems a little out of it, which the kids, you know, question him about because these these kids just they question everybody about everything about anything, <laughs> and it's ridiculous. But he says that he's as weak as a kitten. <laughs> yeah, that tracks. So big sister thinks about that for a moment uh, before asking the mailman if he's met the new neighbors yet, which is weird of her to ask, but whatever. He says somehow he has. Um, he says that they stopped over to his house last night to get acquainted and that it's a night he'll never forget. And Emma's like, why? Were they strange or something? And he says, no, it's the night that I started getting sick. And he hopes he can shake it off. That's weird. It is weird, yeah. I gotta I gotta give it to Emma and Day Day here. <laughs> Nobody goes and visits their mailman when they move into a new neighborhood. No, and it's the first person they visited, pretty much. It's weird.
Yeah, that is weird. They're like, fuck unpacking. Let's go visit our mailman. Let's introduce ourselves to the mailman so he doesn't hit us with his car. (laughs) Yeah, right. So next up, we get a Midnight Society interlude. And here, Betty Ann tells us uh, at this point, the nameless sister's name, which is Emma. And that from this point on, she started paying close attention to the bronze. She watched them every chance she got. And the more she watched, the more she realized that the new neighbors were just a little bit strange. Um, and while she's saying this, we're treated to this like little montage of Emma spying on the poor family just over and over again. Um, they're moving their fridges and stuff with no problems, even though that fat guy had a huge problem with it. <laughs> uh, Betty Ann continues saying that they didn't talk to anyone and no one ever saw them during the day, only at night. Even their kid Lex wasn't seen during the day. And at this point, we get a better look at the family. Uh, They're pale looking, all in black. Uh, Classic vampires, I guess. Yeah. They're vampires, is what they're trying to tell us. Yes, they are vampires. Mm -hmm. Sorry to spoil the story. It's not, I mean, what else could it fucking be? Come on. Werewolves. (sighs) Yeah, monster monster mash in the neighbor's yard. (laughs) Next up, we have Emma taking out the trash. She gets snuck up on by the child of the neighbors, Lex. And this kid's probably like, I don't know, six, would you say? Yeah. I think so. He's young. He's young. Like, he's old enough to be able to, like, walk and talk and, and you know, hold a conversation. But he's... He's not an infant. No. He's probably... I would say six. I'd say, again, Let's day, go day, with six. Day Day's probably, like, nine. And then Emma's probably, no. like... You don't think so? How old do you think he is? No, Day-Day's like 11 or 12. Well, how old do you think Emma is then? Like 13? 13. Mm. Okay, I guess it's because they're so stupid that I just de-aged them a little, I suppose. But yeah, we'll go with that. So this kid Lex sneaks up on Emma, and, and Emma's using like this trash can lid like a shield from this kid who just simply asks if he can come in and play. And Emma's like, well, it's kind of late. And then the kid looks really sad and he says, well, maybe another time. And it's a really quick scene. (laughs) So after that scene, we get another voiceover from Betty Ann and she's letting us know that Lex never started school and no one knew who he was. All the while, we're shown the mailman being sloppy at his job and then Betty Ann telling us that his strange disease was now spreading through the neighborhood like crazy. People were losing their... Yeah, <laughs> this disease of old age. <laughs> Disgusting. <laughs> People were losing their energy. It was like an epidemic running th- running around, but no one knew what it was. And while she's saying this, we can see uh, two folks on a park bench. One of the girls getting really tired. She starts falling asleep on this dude who's reading his newspaper. Um, in the background, there's some people like walking around like zombies, and they're just yawning. And there's this big old bandage on the lady's neck. So I guess everybody just has mono, is what I'm thinking. <laughs> it's just mono. Is that the symptoms of mono? Yeah, my brother had mono. Bite once. marks and well, they're symptoms. not bite marks. We don't see bite marks. It's just a you just got to put a bandage on your neck. Like for all we know, she could have been like trying to quit smoking, and she got one of those nicotine patches on her neck. <laughs> Who knows? Is that where you put them? <laughs> no. Right on your neck? <laughs> no. You put them like on, the, on your arm fat. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Uh, Benny Yen continues saying this uh, all started the same night that the bronze moved in. And Emma's shown still spying on her poor neighbors through the window. She just does not give, give up. Give a break, Emma. I know. She just, she doesn't, she doesn't care about their privacy at all. And then we get another interlude with Betty Ann, and she just gives a little bit more plot. Uh, she says Emma had a great imagination, but this was a little weird even for her. Then one night, all the pieces of the puzzle came together. Um, <laughs> even though it's like directly told to her through a dream <laughs> sequence. There was no, there was not a piece no, of the puzzle. she had to solve a puzzle. That was her, that was the she completed was like, solved oh, puzzle. That vampire meant they were vampires. <laughs> yes. Yeah, she, <laughs> she seen the completed puzzle that she was struggling with this whole time. And uh, I don't know. It wasn't a piece of the puzzle. It was the, it was the answer. <laughs> the doors to the balcony in Emma's room open up and there's some, some smoke pours inside uh, she wakes up and Daddy Braun, because they never give the first name for the mom or the dad, so I call them Daddy Braun and Mama Braun. Daddy Braun floats over and sneaks into her room. He creeps really close to her face and is about to bite her in the neck. And then she screams and she wakes up and she touches her neck. She rips off the sheets and she gets up out of the bed and she goes to wake up Day Day. Um... What was the point of this scene? Just to tell us that she finally thought it was vampires, I guess? Yeah, I guess. If you already didn't know that it was vampires, yeah, that was the final piece of the puzzle you as the audience needed. Or maybe maybe it was just like the only kind of scary thing that happens yeah. in the episode. Like that's what I was just going to say. A small child. That's really the only action this episode gives you. Yeah, it is. I mean... There's some stuff later in the basement, I guess, with just, like, some tension building up. But mm -hmm. this is the only direct, like, horror imagery that this episode gives you at all. And I feel like every episode has to have, like, one little bit of that. Like, Hungry Hounds had uh, Amy in the ghost outfit and Giles. Super Specs had those horrifying... <sighs> I don't want to remember it, but the Black Morph suits. And every episode also has to have smoke billowing out of something as well. It's a requirement. They bought those fog machines. They got to put them to use, you know? It's expensive Zebo shit. Zebo is everywhere. <laughs> so she's waking up Day Day, who says, I can't go to school, Mom. I'm sick. Which I thought maybe, like, the vampires got him and he was actually sick. But he's not. So Emma grabs a megaphone and he's just she just yells that into her brother's face with a megaphone. Tells him to get the fuck up. And Emma says that she knows what's up with the bronze. To which Day-Day says he knows they have a crazy neighbor, you. And I'm like, yes, Day-Day. Yes, you are right. Good one, Day. It was it was a good one. I, I thought it was funny. Like, yeah, you're right. Emma is a fucking nutbag. <laughs> she just keeps spying on her fucking neighbors. Getting up into their personal business. She gets It doesn't stop either. She gets worse. Yes. She gets terrible with this. Emma says, no, here's what's up. Why they ain't out during the day? Why they from Ukraine? That's right. That's right <laughs> She says, that's right by Romania, Transylvania. Them. So what about them peeps that are so sick and pale and bandaged, huh? What about them, Day-Day? There's only one explanation. The neighbors are vampires. Yep. That's the conclusion I would have come to, too. Yep. And you can't argue with that. No. She has such a tremendous amount of, of evidence, right? Except she yeah. has none. I feel like this show does a lot of kind of twisting what you think of the characters 
like when this episode started with Day Day watching Night of the Living Dead, you thought, mm-hmm. okay, this is a kid who's, you know, into monsters and yeah. he's, he's going to be the one who's like, they're vampires. And she's the one who's like, get real, brother. There's, yes. you know. Yeah, because she's so world bound and everything, you know? Yeah. And the same thing happened in Super Specs where Weeds was mm-hmm. way into magic, but then as soon as as MB is like, whoa, we got this crazy magic going on. He's like, man, fuck, this is stupid. Magic ain't real. <laughs> yeah, you yeah. dumbass. <laughs> stupid I was bitch. trying to po- poison motherfuckers <laughs> with voodoo <laughs> spells. <laughs> but... <laughs> Get the fuck out of here with your crazy glasses. That's a good point. Yeah, I I thought I, I noticed that trend in this episode too, especially having watched Super Specs, and yeah, they do the old switcheroo on us for no real reason. They don't have to do that. I th- expected Day Day to be the one to think they were vampires and be the one to go on the crusade and stuff, but no, it's Emma, and that's I don't and know. She has to convince him. Yeah, it. You know what? It turns out okay because both of these kids are fucking stupid. So yeah. So they just kind of bicker back and forth about whether or not these people are vampires. Um, she gives them some more evidence saying about how those big crates were their coffins, even though the guy told them they were refrigerators. Um, and then she says she's going to check tonight by breaking into their house when they're leaving. And if they have coffins in their house, they are without a doubt vampires and everyone's in big trouble. And then we get a commercial break, I'm assuming, and um, another Midnight Society interlude. Where Eric is pouring some red liquid out of his canteen. And he says if uh, them peeps is vampires, then adios Emma. David says, well, they might not even be vampires. I liked that because I thought, I sure hope for Betty Ann's sake that they are vampires. Yes. Because that would be a funny response like, oh, you called my stories boring, Eric? Well, (laughs) have I got a spooky one for you? It's about a family that isn't vampires. (laughs) It's about a completely normal family. They just happen (laughs) to work at night. a stalker girl (laughs) who won't leave her neighbors alone. They have to get a restraining order. The end. So David says they might not even be vampires. And I kind of think that's a... You know, it doesn't really specify that these people... Besides the stupid dream sequence we got where, um, you know, Daddy Braun was a vampire. We don't really know if these people are vampires, you know? This could just be a sweeping sickness and that lady could just have a bandage on her neck for no reason. I mean, let's be honest. It's clearly vampires. But what if it wasn't? (laughs) You know? (laughs) Then this episode is pointless. Yes. But that would be kind of an interesting twist, right? If it was just, if it was just, that was the scary it, thing was just the sweeping illness. <laughs> it would still be more exciting than Kristen's story. It would. You're very right. So Kristen says, then what about those tired people? And Kiki gets excited about this blood being sucked out of the people. And Betty Ann tells us Emma wasn't sure if they were vampires. Uh, so she had to go investigate, even though she just said that they were vampires. Um, and that night, she did go investigate. Day-Day walks into a room and doesn't care for the smell, asking what the fuck died in here. And Emma tells him that it's garlic and vampires don't like that shit. So Day-Day starts teasing her uh, about how he doesn't like garlic either and maybe he's a vampire. And she responds by pointing a staple gun right into his face. <laughs> <laughs> yes, she has lost it. She has. I'm a little disappointed, though, because she never actually uses the staple gun, but... 
it, I thought it was kind of cool that they had that in there. She doesn't have to because he steps in line. Yeah, he doesn't have to staple her. Face. Doesn't have to shoot a staple into his face. Uh, she tells him to remember that vampires can't enter your home unless you're invited in. So don't ever invite any of them into the house. And he says, okay, I'll try and remember that. And then asks if she's actually going to go break into their fucking house. And she says, yup. Look, they leave at the same time every night. And there's no way I'm going to get caught. And then it shows that the family's leaving the house. And Emma plans her attack. When did she become an expert on vampires? I don't know. Because they don't have the internet. So I don't know. No. She go to the library? I'm not sure because I've never really seen any old vampire movies, but when did the whole, like, you you have to invite the vampires in start? I was going like, to ask I think you it the was same in thing. The oldest movie that I watched with vampires in it, because I've never seen, like, Dracula or any of those, was um, Lost Boys. So maybe, mm. I don't want to say that started it, but it was the only one that I can remember besides Let the Right One In that I've seen. Yeah, I before Let the Right One In, I'd never even heard that that was a vampire thing. Like, the garlic thing, everyone knows. Stake to the heart, everyone knows. Makeshift crosses, check that one off of the uh, the old generic vampire weakness list. Yes. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to assume that they did it from The Lost Boys. Because The Lost Boys did have the thing where you had to invite the vampire in. So, Emma easily opens up a window and... like a basement window and just crawls into their basement they just moved in and they already have just a bunch of fucking boxes and (laughs) shit just everywhere in that basement that was in my notes as well just everywhere how did they already they're just like we got a basement let's pack all of our garbage in there and just toss it down there maybe they bought it fully furnished with shit that's what i thought too like that's it's just the shit that was left behind by the person that had the house before them but we never get to see any other room in this house except for the basement, so no. I guess that's okay. That they just this is that's where they live. You only ever get to see one part of any house. Okay, so Emma's down in this basement now. She scans it around with her flashlight and she comes across some weird wooden face thing and gets scared by it. And I thought this part was kinda cool because it kinda just like keeps cutting back and forth between Emma and Day Day. Because Day Day's at his house and Emma's in the basement and it just kind of cuts back and forth. It was interesting. Okay, so we switch back to Day Day after um, Emma gets freaked out by that stupid wooden whatever it was. And um, Day Day's watching out the window and his doorbell rings. And he's like, I'll go get it. And at this point I'm like, gee, I wonder I wonder who that could be, you know. He opens up the door and bam, it's the Braun family. And they seem... <gasps> <laughs> And in, um, in my opinion, they seem like they're pretty nice people. They ask if they can come in, and Day Day, uh, he immediately is like, sure, come on in. Without a second thought. Yes. And Emma told him like 30 seconds before. <laughs> yeah, never invite them in. Your sister just told you not to invite him inside, and you did anyway. And I'm like, you know what, whatever. This kid deserves to get his blood sucked out of him anyway. <laughs> Uh, but Day-Day comes to his senses and he says, no, actually my dad isn't home and my dad doesn't fucking exist anyway because he's never in this episode and maybe you should come back another time. And then he slams the door in their faces. His mother comes around and is like, who's that? She opens the door and she invites them into the house anyway. And they walk in like normal people and Day-Day looks around because he knows he's fucked. And we cut back to Emma who's still looking around in their basement crap. And I have a note here that says that the music in this episode sucks. 
I don't remember any of the music in this episode, which means it probably sucks. Yeah, there wasn't there wasn't really that much to it. Emma's fingering around at this door that she found. It's got this little crappy combo lock on it. Um, it's just like this big steel door. And then she sees a mouse, and she has to stop herself from screaming. And that was enough action for us because we cut back to Day Day, and his mom is explaining that her husband isn't home and that he works late. And the bronze, they say, oh, yeah, we know a lot all about that because we both work evenings as well. And it's just really hard on poor Lex. And he hasn't been he hasn't been feeling well since they moved. <clears throat> and mom asks what they do for work, to which mama and daddy Braun hesitate for just a second before they say that they've been studying our like our emergency health care services, as in like the United States. Well, hold on. Yeah. As in the Canadian <laughs> The Canadian Emergency Healthcare Services. They're paramedics. They ride with ambulances to find different techniques that they can bring back to their home country. That's not a thing. No. That's what I was like, yeah, okay, sure, right? That's the best you could come up with. It doesn't even make sense to later on what happens with what they do in the hospital. So it's stupid. Mama Braun says that it's fascinating, but sometimes it gets a little bloody. And when she says that, she's like dabbing at her lips, like like the little corner of her lips, like, oh, do I have any blood there? You know, it's <laughs> stupid. <laughs> Day Day is freaked the fuck out by all this shit. And that's enough of that because we move back over to Emma, who hasn't made like any progress at all since she stumbled upon that rat. No, because she just keeps getting startled by every single thing in that basement. Let's assume that this is real time. Like, when it cuts over to Day Day, she's still just stunned there at that wooden statue or stunned by that rat for like 10 seconds or whatever, how long it is for Day Day to get his little scene out. Because she doesn't move. (laughs) She doesn't move until we go back to her. No, she doesn't. So she pulls this tarp away to reveal a refrigerator and says out loud, Daddy's never going to let me forget this. What a bummer. The fridge is locked, which, why would it be locked? Who knows? She, and then she says that loud, If I can crack him at school, I can crack him here. And then she starts working on breaking into this lock. We switch back over to Day Day and Mama again, uh, and the Bronze are thanking them for their hospitality, putting down their little teacups. Um, the, they gotta be getting Lex home now. And Mom's so glad that they all finally met and invites them to stop by any time. To which Day-Day stutters out some, no, no, don't leave yet. You know, because his sister's still in their basement. Mama Braun says Lex needs to get some rest, but Day-Day offers up some sweet video games to keep him there. Lex doesn't seem at all interested in video games, though, because they show his face and he's just like, he just has this blank I was disappointed. I wanted to see what video games he had. I did too. He probably had like Battletoads or something. Because you know it'd be Nintendo. Yeah. I don't even think Super Nintendo was out yet. He probably only had like Family Feud and Bugs Bunny's <laughs> Birthday Bash. <laughs> he had like Paperboy. <laughs> <laughs> so Lex doesn't seem interested at all in these video games. And Dede says, uh, well, maybe not. <laughs> and Daddy Braun says, Don't worry, Day Day. Now that we've been invited in, I promise we'll be back. And Day Day doesn't like that at all. He doesn't like when Daddy Braun says that. Because uh, he just stares at the family as they leave the house. And then we switch back over to Emma again, who has somehow successfully unlocked the combo lock. 
this time it wasn't even with the use of a Ouija board. She just broke into it. She slumps down. She's exhausted from her work. And uh, she pans her flashlight over. And um, it shows Day-Day. And he broke into the basement too. It's so easy. <laughs> it really is. Because that window that they break into again later is so big. I could easily fit down it. Day-Day tells her that the bronze are on their way back. And they got to get out of there. She says, nope, I need to see something first. There's no coffins, but there is this locked fridge. And she opens it up, and there's just a bunch of jars of blood in there. Like, they're not even vials. They are full-on 32-ounce jars mm-hmm. of blood. They're like milk bottles, but with blood. <laughs> yes. I've never... I don't think that they would ever keep them in that. I feel like it would be in bags, but who knows? I mean, Canada is like, <laughs> we need our milk in bags and our blood in jars. <laughs> The kids put the blood back in the in the fridge as they hear a noise from upstairs, and they retarp the fridge all sloppy like, and of course they forget to relock it before running out of the basement. And then back in Day Day's room, they talk about how they're vampires and how he invited them into their house, but it doesn't matter because we're the next victims anyway. Didn't make any sense, but Day Day says we gotta tell somebody, you know, mom, dad, the police, just anybody. And Emma's like, nope, no way. No one's going to believe us. We're the only ones that can stop them. I was like, what? No. Why don't you just, why don't you try? You didn't even try. That's, no. They, They're just, just like, just... we found the secret. We have to deal with it ourselves. Nobody can help us. Yes. They just immediately go to murder. Yes, they do. <laughs> we can't get any help. We just have to slaughter this family. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> So they're not going to get the police involved, and Day-Day wants to know how they're going to deal with the situation. And Emma tells him, after school tomorrow, before it gets dark out, we're going to go get them before they get us. <laughs> like, yeah. She's she's developing this plot to murder these people. She has <laughs> no like concrete evidence that these are vampires, which don't fucking exist. And she just wants to go out and murder these people. She wants to stake them through the heart. They have blood in a refrigerator, so I'm going to stab this child in the chest. Yes. <laughs> With a wooden stake. Just for good measure. Just just in case. You seriously have no concrete evidence that these people are vampires. Next scene, Emma's in front of the neighbor's house, and she just looks at it for a second, and then we cut back to Day-Day's room, where Emma's gearing up for this extremely illegal breaking and entering and attempted murder plot. They're getting all decked out Rambo-style with their neighbor-killing gear. Yes. (laughs) To break into their house again and murder them. It's just ridiculous. <laughs> like the, even even though we know they are vampires, they don't. Just, they don't. They're like we can't tell the police about this. We just have to murder them. <laughs> People around here are getting tired. We can't have that. We just gotta slaughter the whole family. No survivors. <laughs> Yes, they yes. have a puppy it's a vampire puppy just choke it kill to it death. <laughs> yeah. oh my gosh yes she she plans on murdering them and she she goes through she goes through with the plan because she breaks into their house that day yeah um, she's going to kill them <laughs> so emma has all of this gear ready to go she's got wooden stakes to drive through their hearts of their neighbors 
even though they still don't have any proof they're vampires. And Dada's trying to back out, but Emma's not having any of that shit. She hands him a makeshift cross, and she says, just in case. And Dada says, nope, I'm not going to do it. But Emma ropes him back in and says, if we don't get him today, they'll come for us tonight. And so, yeah, Dada agrees. I mean, like, if they don't kill them today, this family is going to kill them tonight, I guess. Yeah, right? somebody's getting murdered. <laughs> even though nobody has died yet the only thing that happens is they get tired they get a little sleepy kids don't want to be sleepy they want to murder <laughs> so the kids then i say stealthily but not really they walk over to the neighbor's house in the most like obvious way that they're trying to be stealthy they're like looking looking around and they have these like you know blue clothes on or whatever and it's just like they're clearly up to something but they're trying to act like they're being stealthy and they seem to have this difficult time crawling through this base basement window even though it's huge and i as a 30 year old man would have no problem sliding through that window but whatever in the basement they close the window behind them and then they start their search for the coffin Emma thinks that it's behind this giant steel door she found earlier. Dede says he's got a puke, but Emma is not having none he of that shit. He doesn't want to murder people. You're right. Yeah. You know what? If my but, sister like roped me into a murder fucking <laughs> plot, I would want to puke too. So good on Dede, I guess. Yeah. But she's not going to let him not murder anyone. No, she's not. She tells him to come on and they make their way to the fr- to the locked door. Um, it's got another cheap combo lock on it, and Emma is a master lock picker, so she's going to have that shit broken down in no time. Day-Day's so scared, he can't keep the flashlight still. Uh, the camera pans over to the door leading upstairs as the kids are kind of just fumbling with the lock, and you can see somebody's shadow from behind the door slit. Um, then the door handle turns and opens just as Emma cracks the lock. The lights flick on, and the kids hide under a table. Uh, Emma, <laughs> Emma notices the lock is unlocked, so she just... Uh, gets up real quick and relocks it before heading back under the table with day day and the person walks down the stairs and it's pretty clear that it's like daddy brawn but um they don't show they just show the legs they look around the room for a little bit somehow they do not see these two kids under this small fucking table even they though they are not hidden they're not hidden at all a little bit no, no you can they... see them from the top of the stairs probably yeah it's it's ridiculous. ridiculous. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Um, a car door honks, though, and then the person just walks back upstairs. They didn't see the kids somehow, and then they shut off the light. Dede says he wants to get out of there, and Emma just doesn't seem to say no, so they just leave, even though they have that door. All they had to do is just reopen the lock and look in there, but they, they just don't. They just leave. Um, so back outside the window the a door slams and mama and daddy Braun are shown walking outside during the daylight with like a box of medical supplies in their hand and day day whispers to his sister i thought vampires couldn't go out in the sun and she says they can't so mama and daddy Braun say hi to the children to which emma holds up her makeshift cross in response right and uh, mama Braun just kind of laughs at it and says oh you must be day day's sister emma and day day says I thought you worked at night and the family tells them that they their schedule changed and thankfully they don't have to work third shift anymore. They laugh about it and try walking away, but 
Emma demands to know what's in their box, right? <laughs> like mm-hmm. these kids. And for whatever reason, they tell them that it's blood in there and there's a surplus of it at the hospital. So they've been storing it in their fridges in the basement. No, no, that is not a thing that any hospital would do. No, no, blood's expensive. They're like, oh, yeah, you just keep this in your closet and. Yeah. Like that's. Bring it, bring it in some buckets if we need it. If you didn't think they were vampires now, I would. After they told me that, I'm like, yeah, I'd be, I'd be like, calling okay, the police. Let's or murder them. Yeah, I'd be like, hmm, let's go into your house and then just murder them. So then Mama B says maybe Lex would feel better if he had a friend. Can he come over tonight and play some video games? And Day Day's like, yeah, sure. <laughs> and then he laughs about the whole situation uh, after the All the mom and dad go back to their house. Mix up. Yeah, oh, super funny mix up. He makes fun of his sister, and then everybody walks away. But we're not done yet because we switch over to the basement where Mama and Daddy B are putting the blood away into the fridge. Daddy B says that they were in here, weren't they? Which, yeah, they were in there. You probably seen them in there when you walked down the stairs. He had to have. Yeah. But it doesn't really matter because tonight's the night. They giggle about it for a couple seconds and Mama B grabs a jar of blood as they walk over to that steel door and they open it up, which should have been pretty easy because they didn't even have to put in the lock anymore. All they had to do was just, just grab it and put it down and, and it would have been unlocked. So inside, Mama B says, wake up, master. The sun is gone, which no, it is not because we just, <laughs> we were just outside. <laughs> and it was uh, this blazing coffin... hot out there. <laughs> it was. So this coffin opens up and Lex is inside of it. And Daddy B says, you'll feel better soon. We've been invited in by the new victims, even though you were invited in the night before. So, I don't know. Do they need to be invited in every single night? I don't know. I guess. <sighs> they praise him, saying he was wise for coming to this country. There is so much fresh blood here, and no one believes that a little boy could be a vampire. And then they all have a good laugh about this, and the camera does a close-up on Lex, and he looks stupid as fuck, yeah, and he slow-motion he laughs. looks lame as shit. It's so awkward. He looks like Batboy from those tabloids. Yeah, that's what I thought. Back in the day. Yep. He's just got those dollar store vampire fangs, yes. and he just like opens his mouth like, I'm a vampire, get yeah. it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He does, and he he just looks so fucking stupid, and then he slow-mo laughs. It's like... <laughs> I don't know why, but that's the end of the episode. Yeah, that's lame. It was, yeah. So we cut to the Midnight Society. Frank looks absolutely shook, as does Kiki. <laughs> he looks like he's going to shit his pants. <laughs> He's like, what? He laughed. What <laughs> fuck that? In slow motion. <laughs> Kiki does. Uh, Kiki looks shook too, of course, because that's just her face all the time. <laughs> Betty Ann says, as with ghosts and ghouls, there are no rules, but a vampire's bite only comes at night. The end. The kids look around at each other for just a brief moment before Gary says his closing meeting jargon. And all the kids get up with that red juice in their hands and they dump it on the fire together. And Gary says, pleasant dreams, everyone. The end. What a lame end to the story. Um, You know what, Brandon? I'm going to contest that. I thought the ending was pretty good. Did you? 
I thought that it was a nice twist, is what I thought. Because it's like, the whole time, especially with that fucking fake-out dream sequence that they gave us, you thought that the parents were going to be the vampires, and, you know, the kid by default would be too, but he's not the one you have to worry about. It'd be these these smart, intelligent adult vampires, and then they twist it on you, and they're not even the intelligent ones, because they call this little punk bitch vampire their master, and he's the one that came up with the idea to go to Canada and eat all these people. So, I kind of like the twisting. It's like that kid was the, the smart yeah, one the whole time. The twist, the twist is nice. I don't mind the twist. Yes, the ending itself where he's <laughs> got those fake fucking teeth in, and they all <laughs> laugh about it. That's stupid. <laughs> I didn't need the scene of Lex, like, chewing on all their necks to be like, yeah, he got them. That's a bad ending. Yeah. But just being like, yep, he's a vampire. The end. Like, we already knew they were vampires. Yeah, you're right. thought they were vampires. I mean, the whole whole episode, it's hinting that they're vampires. So, yeah. So, finding, like, the twist being that there's less vampires than we already thought. Yeah, I can see is, your point of it. Yeah, and like, is it a happy ending? Is it not a happy ending? Are they going to murder those people or make them sleepy? Yeah, they didn't. <laughs> Are Emma they going to be, be so late tired. for school? <laughs> or <laughs> is Emma just going to murder everyone? Ooh, who knows? Like, they'll come over. Lex will chew on her a little bit. She'll wake up sleepy, and then she'll be like. <sighs> Alright, those vampires got me. I'm gonna go fuck them up. (laughs) I don't know. I hope that's what happens. She's like, huh. You know what? Let's go with that murder again. Let's kill them all. I don't care if they're our vampires or not. Let's kill them. Yeah. I feel like they make the ending sound like if Lex goes and and sucks the blood out of Day-Day and Emma that he's gonna feel better, but... We have no proof of that because he already sucked the blood out of the mailman and that sleepy woman and the people in the background who were walking like zombies, and he still didn't feel better. So why should I believe that sucking the blood out of a kid is going to make him feel better? And plus, they have all of that blood there anyway. So why would he need to go and suck it out of people when he's got an infinite supply from the hospital? So the tale of the nightly neighbors... Um, I thought it was pretty, pretty well named. I would say. But do you think? Yeah. We, do you think there's some alternate names we could give it? Yeah. The tale of the psycho sister. Yeah, the tale of, the tale of murdering your neighbors. <laughs> uh, tale of the sleepy town. The tale of buttery hair. The tale of the rude mother. <laughs> The tale of the basement break-in. Um, Alright, so up next is uh, episode 9. The tale of the sorcerer's apprentice. Uh, who do you think is going to be telling this one? Eric, obviously. You think it's going to be Eric? I'm going to say it sounds more like a We can't go the whole season without an Eric. Well, you know what? Maybe Eric will get like a David treatment and just like bam, bam, get two in a row. Who knows? You're right, though, that uh, the magic thing does... It sounds kind of Gary to me. Yeah, it's Gary-ish. Okay. I'm going to say Gary. All right, that's two votes for Gary. So you hear the tale of the Sorcerer's Apprentice. Uh, what do you think that's going to be about? 
Well, uh, it sounds like some Harry Potter shit. It does, yeah. Uh, I don't really know how that could be scary, though. I don't either. Uh, maybe there's a 12-year-old boy. Okay. Who is a sorcerer's apprentice. Ooh, scary. <laughs> and the sorcerer is doing a spell, and mm-hmm. something goes wrong, and he unleashes a monster from another dimension. Okay. And the sorcerer gets killed, and the boy has to deal with the aftermath. Okay, I like that. That sounds like an interesting episode. I don't remember anything about this episode at all. So, yeah, maybe it'll come back to me while I'm watching it. Alright, well, Brandon, I'm getting really tired. I have been up all night. I'm ready for bed. (laughs) How about you? I'm always ready for bed. I know. It's like vampires sucked the energy right out of us. We need to go to bed. <laughs> Let's murder them. Let's do it. All right. Next week, we'll come up with the plans and we'll exact our revenge because ain't nobody going to take my energy. But for now, <laughs> somebody took my energy, so I'm going to bed. <laughs> All right. Good night. Good night, Brandon. See you next week. Bye. Bye. Why do we always tell scary stories at night?